0: This is Cover Two, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hit. Browns are going to win. Bayfield, Epson, touchdown. With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorschach from the Canton Repository. It's intercepted. Pick off by Denzel Ward. Chubb will take this all the way. fans, now, cover two, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns.
1: All right, this is George Thomas from the Akron Beacon Journal, with Nate Ulrich from the Akron Beacon Journal, and Marla Reidenauer from the Akron Beacon Journal. It's an all Akron kind of thing tonight, and we're here for Hit It and Quit It. (laughs) (laughs) We got to break down real fast, and it's real fast because it's the third preseason game, and you know there's one big story of the night I'd like to think, and that's that's how the offense looked for those two series that some some of the starters were in. So what do you think, Nate?
0: Well, you know it wasn't perfect, but. It wasn't bad either. I think it was pretty good overall. You know, two batted passes on the first series, um, a drop by Austin Hooper, a holding penalty on Nick Harris, um, you know, a false start in the next series by Jedrick Wills Jr. Those are all the negatives. But Baker Mayfield, I think for the most part, looked pretty sharp. He went four for four on the second series, two consecutive, uh, passes to Kaderil Hodge, uh, I think 20 and 22 yards for the touchdown. So, you know, I thought that there was a lot of good things. I thought it was actually pretty valuable for um, Nick Harris to get in there as the center with J.C. Uh, You know, I don't know, not a serious injury or anything. He was in uniform tonight, um, you know, but didn't go through, like, the pregame warm-ups when the starting offensive line lined up. So it was obvious it was gonna be Nick Harris. JC had missed some practice time last week and, and was limited when he came back. So I thought that was a, a kind of a you know good thing for them to get under their belts, you know, and as tough as JC is, you never know. And hey, they made it out without an injury. And that was the the you can throw all the stats out there you want, you can go through all the pros and cons like I just did, but for them to come out unscathed. In a preseason game, that is the number one goal. They did it. The Browns are reporting that Drew Forbes was the only injury tonight. Obviously unfortunate for Drew. Um, the front line players went, came out of here unscathed.
2: Marla, anything to add to that? Uh, No, I mean, I thought Nate summed it up well, although I will say I'm not so sure either one of those touchdowns were touchdowns. Um, I thought Hodge was down, you know, at the one-yard line, and I don't think Davis got either both feet in. But No, but, I mean, I thought Baker looked good. I I do think, though, it looked like they needed it. I mean, the batted pass thing, I don't know if that was an emphasis by the Falcons, but I think every – I, I was taking notes. I think every Browns quarterback who saw action had a pass batted down. So if, you know, opponents start to think that this is a weakness, you know, that it could be something the Chiefs will be looking at. Um, no, but I, I – the fact that they moved, you know, they rolled up some yards, I thought, you know, I thought was a very good sign. And, you know, Baker looked in command.
1: Two, two things. First of all, the batted pass thing, that, that's like a Baker thing. It's it's been something we've seen since he's been here at least a a, a few times a game. So I I, I don't think that it bothered me all that much. It's something you come to expect with his game. What impressed me with the offense is that it pretty much rolled with most of the skill players not playing tonight. Um, I know Austin Hooper was in there. Um, But wide receiver number one and two were not. Um,
0: Trubble wasn't not
1: right And I think Kareem hunt got what? Two carries, one carry. So you know that that's the impressive part of that to me. I, I Baker I, throwing off his back foot like on that one touchdown will forever make me nervous. <laughs> it's something they, they teach you not to do. But he does it, and I guess he he feels he has the arm strength to do it. I'll disagree on the touchdown, though. He wasn't touched at the one line, one yard line. His knee was down, but he wasn't touched. So
0: and it did it survived a replay review. Right, so, right. Marla, Marla's going against the official on the field. <laughs> <laughs> All the camera angles for Sunday Night Football that the replay official had. But no, um, I, I'll say this to George, uh, to your point. Yeah, I mean it was Donovan Peoples Jones, Cadero Hodge uh is the starting receivers, and Anthony Schwartz uh got into some action, yeah. And he drew that uh pass interference penalty on the first series that got them, you know, um, you know, a big chunky yardage. And so that was his NFL preseason debut. That's that's the point of mentioning him. He he missed a lot of camp with those hamstring issues, uh, but made it back for this and is definitely on the team as a third round pick. Um, Kaderil Hodge is interesting though guys A touchdown catch tonight And in the previous pre- preseason game Against the Giants A special team stalwart As uh, Mike Preefer recently Told us in our group interview Adam Barrio uh, But I don't know It's going to be tough uh, Because this receiver room Is very crowded and interesting And Hodge just got down uh, Or just got up to the press box From the locker room area uh, here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is gorgeous, first time I've been here, first time the Browns have been here. Hodge said that, "Hey, I could, I, I'm comfortable with my performance in this camp in preseason. I think I did everything I could, but I could be here, I could be somewhere else." I thought that was really interesting. It's like he knows how tight this is, and he could be gone.
1: The question is. <laughs> The Browns are in a bit, in a great place and a bad place. Because some of these guys, let's be honest, some of them are trade bait. You you could get something for them. And I, I have to imagine there are plenty of teams in the NFL just waiting to see their waiver list
0: Yeah, well, practice this week. Yeah, I think they I think they could definitely make a trade. I know we've been talking in the, in the trailer out in Berea. Uh, I think they've got a receiver to spare. Hodge could be that guy. Um, Couple of offensive linemen. I think Forbes. I think there's a chance Forbes is one of them. Him getting hurt, obviously, uh, you know, affects that Um, defensive line. I think, especially on the interior. I think they've got some guys there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a trade. Andrew Berry was on the pregame show in a previously recorded interview with the in-house radio show that the Browns have, but it aired tonight, and I listened to it and. Uh, he said that it's not, you know, breaking news or anything, but he said, you know, we always have a uh, a very strong pulse on the trade market. Like it, it definitely can happen around this cut down. I think he's going to make the moves tomorrow. You know, the Browns are, you know, kind of saying like, you know, be ready because, you know, Andrew Barry's tendency is to beat these deadlines by at least a day. So the cut down deadline is 4 p.m. Tuesday. So I think we'll be getting the moves or at least a lot of them tomorrow uh, before Kevin Stefanski talks to us on Zoom at some point. But this is going to be a really interesting 48 hours because not only are you going to have your standard cuts, but I do think a trade is possible.
2: What concerns me about Hodge is he, I can see him going elsewhere and being like a number three or four receiver and actually like coming back to beat you, you know, like. I mean, I feel like he's got the skills to, you know, make an impact for another team and play a lot. So um, that'll be interesting. and we I think that's going to be a hard one to let him go.
0: Yeah. If if, if it comes to that. I think they should keep him. I don't know if they will. He was their number three receiver entering last season. Obviously he's no longer that with the emergence of Donovan Peoples-Jones and Lashard Higgins coming off the season he had. But – He's a pretty good player, and, and you know a lot of people don't know this or they forget this. You know he was a special teams ace for the Rams when they played in the Super Bowl. That was before he came to Cleveland. So I mean, there's a lot of value there with him. I think he's a good player, and you know he's not a front line, you know, big name star or anything. But you need guys like Daryl Hodge on good teams. So I, I would keep him. I'm interested to see what you guys think, but to me. Sorry, George. I know you know JoJo Natson well. I thought tonight was kind of a blow for him. I really do. Demetric Felton got an opportunity to kick off returning, brought one back thirty-seven yards. I think that's what they needed to see to to kind of move on from JoJo.
1: Yeah, I think that. I think seeing Felton out there. Well, he did punts tonight too, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. Uh, seeing him in both roles, I think, was his test to see if they could could make a move with with with, with JoJo. And it's pretty evident. That they can. So, you know, it's a business.
0: Yeah. And Jojo, Jojo got his turns on um, both return phases, but it took a while. I mean, they had the other, they were cycling through the other guys in the return as returners before they got to him. So, you know, he's number one on the depth chart, uh, kickoff and punt returner, but wasn't handled that way tonight.
2: Well, I would think you would think that. You needed to see Felton. I, I'm i surprised he didn't give him almost all the work in that regard just because you needed to see how he would hold up. But I, I agree with you on JoJo. I think – I mean, his punt return was for two yards. Felton was for 11, you know, like – and that – the kickoff return kind of like was a wow moment kind of.
0: Yeah, and Felton was on the team regardless, but I just think it really sealed the deal for JoJo because – Felton downstairs said that his number one goal going into this game was to let the coaches know that he could handle all this stuff on his plate. And that was when I asked him about the the big kickoff return. He said it was huge for him. So what he meant by that was not only running back and receiver, but being that dual returner and being productive at it. He was. So um, that's how I think that's going to shake out. Hodge is so – I'll tell you what, guys. I I filed a 53-man roster last night. I have Hodge on it. Um, and after hearing him talk, I almost want to take him off because <laughs> you, you think he knows something? He seems like a guy who uh knows it's going to be tough for him. Um, it could, it could, he could make it, but he could not, and that's what he said. So, you know, to hear a player say that it, it's it's usually a little eye opening because I think most guys are more optimistic than realistic. And he was more realistic in his interview than <laughs> necessarily optimistic, but I don't know what you guys think. There's a couple other things that we got to hit on, but chase McLaughlin, uh, well, the 57 yarder, I'm not worrying about that, but he missed the extra point at the end. I mean, this is in it. This is a, you know, the roof was open. This is a, but this is a you know, it's an indoor setting. This is a, a stadium where you need to you need to be nailing kicks and to miss that extra point to end the preseason just to me says they're going to be looking at a way to get a kicker here waiver wire or maybe that's a trade target. Kevin Stefanski after the game was as non-committal as he could be about Chase when asked if he was comfortable with him as the kicker.
1: Stefanski strikes me as a type of guy who's not going to let it, winning a game. Hinge on confidence in a kicker. I don't know if I said that right. I know what you know you what mean I mean. Yeah. yeah, he I, he wants to he wants to know his kicker is money, period. I mean, well, you're I, right. The, the fifty-six yarder, yeah, you can shrug your shoulders at that. But missing an extra point, oh, absolutely.
2: What I, mean, I think is what I think is more concerning is he barely snuck it inside the upright on the thirty-two yarder. I think in the coach's mind that might be just as bad as the extra point.
1: Well, considering the extra point is longer, isn't it? 35
2: yards? Well, my point is, is that's two of them, you know, that are should be gimmies mes that you aren't, know, aren't. he, well, that he made this first one interesting. So um.
0: I think the extra points 33, but um, yeah, you just can't be missing those. And, you know, obviously <sighs> Prefer said this is a big night for him, and, you know, I just – man, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be able to get over that miss at the end there. Um, we'll see. I mean, they're at the very least, the very least, they're going to get somebody on the practice squad, just like they did last year when they, they had Austin Seibert. They stuck with him through a rough training camp, but they brought Cody Parkey onto the practice squad, and they made the switch after week one because Seibert had that – disastrous opener in Baltimore. So that's what we're going to see. I don't know how you guys are looking to D tackle D line, but Malik McDowell continues to rise. Uh, Cameron Malvo, Cameron Malvo with two sacks tonight. What about uh, Jordan Elliott? <laughs> Jordan Elliott with a couple tackles in a row, including one for loss. It's really explosive there, but I think Jordan Elliott's on the team. Uh, but the other guys are definitely bubble guys. Um, You know Jordan Elliott was a third-round pick last year, so I've always kind of thought that investment was there. They're not going to give up on him, and you know, unless it were a trade or something where they're getting something pretty good in return. But I don't know. I mean, Malik McDowell, Sheldon Day, Cameron Malvo—those are all interesting names, and they're all active tonight. Um, I just keep thinking: can they cut can they cut Malik McDowell and get him to their practice squad? because of his history. I mean, they are the only ones to take a chance on him. He's never played. He was drafted in 2017. But they put him out there in the preseason, and he showed up the last two games. And, you know, preseason is preseason, right? I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't know if they would take the chance of of cutting him now Uh, because they definitely, you know, This is their project, right? They don't want another team to reap the benefits of it.
2: Well, you, uh, you, you, they exposed him to the world, makes me think they're going to keep him.
0: Right. So, Sheldon Day, that would mean he's going to have a a tough tough time making it. Uh, And probably wouldn't if Malik McDowell's on the team. But Sheldon Day is interesting because. You know I, I wrote about him a couple weeks ago he was in, he was a Super Bowl starter with Chris Kiffin the, the Browns defensive line coach and Joe Woods who was the um, secondary coach at the time they were with the 49ers so now Woods is obviously the defensive coordinator Kiffin's D line coach here they love the guy and uh, you know they know they can trust him but again this is these are the problems when you have the kind of roster the Browns have they haven't had this before. And they're really, uh, you know, the cliche every year is they're hard decisions. Well, there really are actually hard decisions this year, way harder than we're used to.
2: Do you think, I hate to say this because I like this guy, but do you think they could sneak Togeye onto the practice squad?
0: See, I don't think that they would do that with like a...
2: A name guy?
0: Yeah, with a guy like him. Now, I think the guy that they can do that with... They picked a round later. Tony Fields, because he didn't practice at all. I mean, right. he made it. He made it back for the last practice of training camp, or whatever you want to call that Friday. Um, you know, he injured both feet. To me, I think he can be uh, be waived, and they can be comfortable getting him back. Um, I, I don't think Togi. Yeah, I would be surprised, but to me, it's like, you know. <laughs> Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, Tack McKinley, and then Malik Jackson, Andrew Billings, um, Tommy Togiai, and Jordan Elliott. That's 70 linemen. So who's eight? Is there a chance you have nine? Is it Malik McDowell's, Porter Gustin? Sheldon Day, Malvo cut. You know, that that four right there Malik McDowell, Sheldon Day, Porter Gustin, Cameron Malvo. I mean, Joe Jackson had some moments. I mean, I, I don't think he should be completely dismissed from being in the mix. So there's a lot of interesting. To me, the defensive line is the most interesting of all the interesting choices.
1: Now, wide receiver. I'm kind of surprised with that one, but okay. Yeah, I mean, because wide receiver,
0: we're, we're, I mean, we talked about the guy. There's a guy, there's a decision to make on a guy. It's Kaderil Hodge. I, I mean, I, I kind of just think, the JoJo discussion has kind of ended. I'm not real wrapped up in it. And with defensive line, I mean, there's like four, five names. You can make an argument for any of them, and most of them aren't going to make it.
2: Who was it the other day that said Malvo was one of the guys that was hardest to block? I'm trying to remember.
0: That was, was Huts, that James yeah, Hudson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I asked him because I thought it was – Uh, a decent question for him just because he's played left tackle and right tackle throughout training camp and he plays for the second team offensive line. So he's facing all these, you know, guys fighting for the backup jobs and he said Malvo gives him the most trouble. I
2: just thought that was an interesting answer. That wasn't the one I would have picked. So. uh...
0: What else guys? Anything.
1: Oh, is there anyone who made the team with their performance tonight? I, I have to imagine this roster was ninety percent set going into this game. And so probably, you have,
0: probably more than that, but I, I don't I almost I hate to be so negative, but I almost think the jobs were lost. Like I, I just keep thinking about if if Natson had any chance Felton sealed it and if McLaughlin would have made that last extra point I mean I know I know it's just one kick and you judge the whole body of work and everything but just what a bad way to leave it what a bad taste to have in your mouth to end it when you're facing this decision like George said on a kicker you want to you want to have confidence in because these this team <laughs> the stakes are high I mean, the stakes are high for a team with these expectations and with, you know, the talent to uh, to warrant such expectations. So I don't, I almost think it like, you know, Natson and McLaughlin, it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know if McLaughlin would get cut like at, like tomorrow and they would go and they would have, you know, they've done this before, Marla, I'm sure you remember. They've done it where they've cut all their kickers. Like they, you know, right. final final cuts, they don't have any kickers. Well, he's the only one. So if they cut him, then that would be it. Or, they, or is he going to be a delayed decision basically because mm-hmm. it'll depend on, you know, the waiver wire. I don't know. Could be a trade too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but remember, they'll probably have a kicker on the practice squad too. So, um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: So, which I is how Parky, you know, got the job
0: last year. So, um, yeah, we went over that, and I think that's another possibility. But, you know, one way to, to get a guy you want is to trade for him. And I don't know who that would be, but. The idea that the Browns are going to be low in the waiver uh, priority order or whatever, um, because they had a good record last season, that that's an interesting uh, factor in all this. You know, if there's a if there's some kickers to claim, a lot of teams are going to be able to get them before the Browns.
1: So, but it's Uh, going to boil down to who else needs a kicker if that happens.
0: I hear Austin I think has had a
1: great
0: Say, what about Austin? I hear
1: he had a great preseason. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I would think that ship has sailed, but Cody Parkey came back here.
2: Yeah. You never know. Especially when you need, like I said, you essentially need two. I mean, you know, so. Yeah.
0: Uh, and I think they will again, Marlowe. I agree. I No matter what happens with Chase. I would think they would have two on the practice squad because of you can have 16 on the practice squad we're still in the pandemic and you, you you have to be ready for your kicker right. to, to test positive I mean we're that's where we're at again so um, yeah that's the position you definitely need to to, to have a uh, safety valve for
2: right
1: all right guys i think we've hit on the salient notes for the evening i mean you know actually no we haven't because they how many defensive starters played i think the dds primarily
0: so it was a uh, the d line uh they were the backup ends miles garrett and Clowney did not play um your starting corners were aj green and greg Newsome the second so you know obviously denzel ward got the night off linebackers anthony walker jr mac wilson and elijah lee uh so you know elijah lee's not really going to be a starter but the other two probably until you know jok is ready to supplant mac wilson um but jok did not play with the, the stitches in the forehead your safety started, John Johnson. John Johnson
1: player. had a good night. I saw,
0: and Ronnie Harrison. They started. So, so yeah, it was it was most most of the you know defensive stars except for the right, the the huge star defensive ends. I'm
1: am not gonna pass I'm not gonna pass judgment on that defense at this point. You, you can't yeah. know what they so your,
0: your number one corner too, obviously. Yeah, Denzel's so a, a huge name, so. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, and they weren't facing the Falcons starters, or you know, Matt Ryan didn't play, so yeah, it was uh, there wasn't there wasn't much to see there for me. It was mostly those backup linemen, those backup D linemen that we already talked about fighting for spots, and a lot of them flashed that they knew it was at stake in the you know final audition, so.
2: Jordan Franks might have earned himself a practice squad spot for that. Chasing down that guy and getting the ball back. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I think fourth tight end is interesting because your boy Steven Carlson would have been that guy, but they could, I think that they could go waiver claim there, you know, Johnny Stanton's a wild card. Um, but I kind of think that they might go waiver claim there, you know, I don't know. They're not going to be many. It's not like years past where they're claiming like seven guys and then they're starting like three or four of them, you know. But I th- I could see them looking at tight end. Well, that's just
2: a testament to Andrew Berry and how deep this, how much more depth they have now. So, that's that that's encouraging.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Andrew Berry. Um, you know, he's, he's hit on a lot, and John Dorsey um, did a lot of it, too, before him. But, you know, Barry should just load up on sixth-round picks. I think he should trade <laughs> everything and just get, like, 26-round picks. The okay, way you,
1: you work that draft next year, pal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the way it's going for him in that round is pretty good right now
1: you work out there next year. I will check out.
0: I think I'll have to work no matter what. So (laughs) (laughs) the good thing about this, the six round is it's during the day and not at like eight o'clock. Yeah. Okay. All
1: right, guys, we ready to call it a night? I think so. All right. Two weeks. We're talking real football. That's gonna feel weird. Yeah, uh, so do I. <laughs> I mean. So do I. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> For Nate Holrich Marler right now, I'm George Thomas. I'm gonna say goodnight after I post this video. Later.